Hello, everybody. It, it, it was a powerful, amazing trip, as you guys got to see on the video on Sunday. Um, but I'm very happy to be back with all of you, family. Yeah. So I'm going to share about our first day in Thailand. We were in Bangkok, and we went to Santipap Church, which is the church of our missionary contact over there. And on that first day, we went to a prayer meeting, and it lasted for us. Hours and our team was extremely tired and weary, and it just felt so long and drawn out. And so, keep in mind, we're talking about you know, power of prophetic intercession. So, you know, we were seeing no breakthrough at all, even though we spent hours and hours praying. But then, um, a little, a little while after, Pastor Sunday, she went to the bathroom and she could hear the voices of people. Praying, interceding, but then she heard this audible sound of bees buzzing, and then God spoke to her that you know our prayers, we were praying, but there was no breakthrough because there was this like oppression of the devil just um, keeping our prayers from from really reaching heaven and from us really breaking through. And so Pastor Sunny came back inside and shared that with everybody. And then we all stood up and prayed and just declared <coughs> the truth of God, the word of the Lord, and just you know, just as God promised, God said it would be easy for us to just cross over and break through to that next level. And as soon as we just declared that, the atmosphere shifted, and you know, their breakthrough was beginning to happen. And we even prayed for these pastors, and they received inner healing. And then um, one of the lead pastors, um, she was she had a headache, and she said that even she, like being the senior pastor, was was struggling to even break through. But after that, um, she was just um, healed of her headache, and she just broke through to a different level. And they were all saying that you know they'd never experienced that kind of breakthrough before. And so that's just a testimony of what happened um, there at the prayer meeting. So we had the awesome pleasure of working with some long-term Korean missionaries in Thailand. They knew no English, but after doing a couple days of English camp with them, like by the end of the time, they were able to share their testimony and do four sermons in English before everyone. And, And just by us being there and doing that for them, they were so refreshed. They felt like God had sent angels to them. They were so dry. They didn't even realize how dry they were until we came and were able to do that with them. Um, one of the one of the male uh, Korean missionaries actually got to travel with us. Um, got to travel with us to another part of Thailand. So he spent uh, part of our mission trip with us. He uh, he was an awesome man. But uh, he shared with us one night in our hotel room that uh, he couldn't, like, pray to a certain level. Like, when he would try to pray deep, it would, he would, like, hear this noise in his ear, and he would feel like he was going to vomit. So he shared that with us. We did a healing and deliverance session with him. And after he was set free, like, you never seen a brother so free. And it was, it was <laughs> like, he was free. And it was just so awesome to be, to be able to see that. And so um, 
Yes, he was one of those deliverers that we told you about. And he's just going to be one of those that sets others free. After his healing and deliverance, he didn't hear that noise anymore. And he didn't feel like he was going to throw up anymore. He was set free. Like my rap? My rap looks good. Uh, we went after that. We went to a place called Chiang Rai. Everyone say Chiang Rai. I couldn't say either. It's really hard. But we went, and uh, the first place we stopped by was an orphanage. And uh, these kids, we found out they came from the hill tribe. Like the hill tribe, they had to disband. Everyone had to leave because there was so much drug and gang violence going on there. So all the children dr- got driven out. And so they got brought into this orphanage, and we spent all the time with them. And we had fun. We had games. They were so cute. Like each of them were in their own traditional like home tribe gown. Like they're the most precious children. And it's cool because we're in this big, like, house area, all made of bamboo. And the pastor, he came up to me, he's like, yeah, me and my wife hand-built this a couple months ago. We're like, what? Like, they hand-built the whole house that houses more than 20 children. And so we were really blessed there. But the thing after that, when we got back to our hotel room, and the next morning, too, we were feeling like, some of us were feeling really weary and tired. Some of us were feeling like, man, I feel far from God. I can't feel his presence. Some of us were feeling like, man, I feel stuck. Like, I can't break through. And um, we realized right then that there's power and prophetic declaration and intercession. And so we, we, right then, we took a hold of our, 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 uh, our souls and we shifted the atmosphere and we started declaring, if I feel tired, then I'm going to declare there's strength. Like this, tired, this tiredness isn't coming from me. It's a prophetic feeling around the atmosphere. So right now I'm going to declare in the spirit, I have strength. If I feel far from God, I'm going to declare God is closer than my breath. If I feel stuck, I'm going to declare, I'm going to break through. We started declaring that that night. And then the next morning, we had a service. And right before service started, Ninravi, powerful intercessor, she led us in intercession. And we feel like we're breaking through in the spirit. And that whole service, like we saw God move powerfully. But one testimony at the end, there's this Buddhist woman. And she came up at the end. And her eyes are bloodshot red, like thicker than wine, like red wine. And she sat down and said, I have, I have these migraines. And then we shared the gospel with her. And right there on the spot, she accepted Jesus Christ right into her heart right there. And then we prayed for her. And as we were praying, she said, my migraine's lifting. Like my head's getting better and better and better. We're praying more and more. And finally, she was completely healed, completely delivered. And it's funny because the night before, Matt was like, man, I feel stuck. We're not seeing any healings. And that night, that next day, we saw a healing right there on the spot. And she was healed, saved, and delivered. Right after that, we met up with um, New Philadelphia's Connection, Pastor James, in Thailand. And um, he took us to his father's mission center. And when we went there, it's cool because he shared his vision with us that he wants to empower missionaries and send them out all throughout the land. And so we started praying for him. I remember when we prophesied over this man, we felt like, man, God's saying, you love and honor the purest form of the gospel. And you want to impart that in the missionaries. And then you want to fill them with the fire and send them out. And he started weeping, like this grown man started weeping. And we were wondering why. And he said, you know what? A couple weeks ago, and even before that, a couple months ago, it was prophesied over me that this would be a center where people are filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit and sent out. And so this is like triple confirmation for him. And so he was so empowered and so blessed. He even called one of his friends over, um, this man that he had saved. This man, I told you about a little bit, he ate turtle. That was a sacrifice as a, or it was dedicated in some kind of witchcraft ritual. Yeah. And when he ate the turtle, demonic power overtook his body and his back was hunched about 60 degrees. And um, when he got saved by Pastor James, his back straightened a bit, a little bit, right? His father, I'm sorry, his father and his back straightened a little bit. That day we brought him in. We prayed for him. 
And we're praying for complete healing. As me and Matt had our hands on his back, we literally felt it straighten. Like, it was like this, and we literally felt it straighten. We're like, oh, what's going on? And it was straightening. And then we said, in faith, you start walking, man of God. And he started walking. And as he was walking, his posture got straighter. He stopped wobbling. He started walking. And then he put his hands up, and he started raising the roof. He was really excited. He was empowered. And we said, you know what? This is a prophetic declaration that not just your physical spine is being healed, but you're being, you're, your confidence is being built back up. And you're going to run with Pastor James' ministry for the rest of your life. And he felt empowered and strong to do it. And um, this whole time, we just everything we were feeling, we realized it was just attack of the enemy. And we were sensing what was in the atmosphere so that God could use us to prophetically declare against whatever we were feeling and intercede on their behalf. And so that's my, my side of the story. All right, so the next day, we traveled. Um, it was the first Sunday that we were in uh, Thailand. So we got to minister at our uh, missionary, or we got to minister at a pastor's church there. And um, I just remember we went there, and um, I got to share, I got to preach that day, and I talked about um, not selling your inheritance, about Jacob and Esau. And it was crazy because I'm trying to share about inheritance and all this stuff, and um, we didn't know, and she didn't know at the time too, but Nanravi actually became our full-time translator in Thailand. And so she was shocked too because uh, she didn't know before. We told her, oh, you won't have to be translating anything. But then when we got there, we're like, oh, Nanravi, actually we're going to have to have you translate. And so she was like, oh, shoot. And it's, it's like kind of hard, even, even though you're fluent in the language, to be speaking like Christianese in that language is very difficult. But how many of you know if you move in the power of God, it's not about how you say things. It's not about what you say, but God moves. And so we went there and we just preached, right? And, oh, man, the power of God fell on that altar. And I mean, these people, they have never experienced the power of God before. Yeah. And people were weeping. They're overcome with the power of God. And I remember we were just laying hands and praying for them and asking for the fire of God to come. And the fire of God came and people were just like weeping and breaking down. It was, it was crazy. And, um, you know, afterwards the pastor came up to us and he said, you know, um, you know, me and my wife, we've experienced the power of God, but my church, we have never experienced the power of God before. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, you really like revived our church and you brought the fire of God with you. So thank you so much. And so man, it was it was such a powerful time. And so after that, we went to Myanmar, which is like the next country over. And we went to this church in the village, which we had to like, you know, go like one hour by motorcycle and then four hours by bus. And we got there to the church and it was in the evening and it was this like wooden type tree house and there was no electricity and there were a bunch of children and the candles were lit and um we did we did we ministered to the children and then we prayed over the pastors uh, the pastor and his wife and you see they'd never really encountered the holy spirit before but as we just prayed for them the power of God just fell. Like, you could see the Holy Spirit just all over them. And uh, the word of the Lord came and said that these two would be a gateway of the Spirit of God uh, for that land and for their church. And the pastor told us later that, you know, they had been um, suffering a lot of persecution from the government. The government was really pressuring them to no longer meet, to not have their church. Uh, But despite all of that, they still continue to, you know, stay strong and persevere. And we also um, got the honor and privilege that during that trip to baptize new converts, um, converts from Buddhism to Christianity, which is so amazing because in that region, 
It's so hard to see Buddhists converted to Christianity, and especially with the the pressure from the government that's going on. And we got to take them over to the ocean and <clears throat> baptize them right there, and it was so amazing. They're such um, a precious couple. So Nuravi said we took a five-hour bus ride and then an hour motorcycle ride. So we got to do that again to come back down. And so um, the next day we woke up early and uh, we baptized a couple. And then we got to travel back. Man, it was like the craziest motorcycle ride. It was the craziest bus ride I think I've ever taken in my life. It was so miserable. But... um, (laughs) We got back, we finally got back, and we're like, yes, finally, we get to do ministry. Like, I didn't come here to travel, but I came here to do ministry, so we were really excited. Um, so we come, um, our, our contact there, Pastor David, he has a church um, in Myanmar, and so we got to go, and we got to share um, at his church. And um, I remember when we got there, it was pretty late at night, um, he called up his church, and they came. And I remember Mickey, he got up to speak, um, and he preached powerfully, we gave like a skit, and man, like, I remember when Mickey was preaching, our, our team was like, yeah, amen, let's go, and we were like... You know, if, if we preach that message here, then people would be, like, so pumped up. People would be fired up. And I remember everyone in their church looked like this. Like, even when they're singing their songs and stuff, they're like, and we're like, dude, what the heck is going on? And so I remember that night, we came back, and um, we're like, dang, this is weird. Like, I don't know why we're feeling this way. And the next morning, um, when we came to do devotions, I remember um, Pastor Sunny, she just said, you know, how are you guys feeling? Um, what's going on right now? And I remember we each shared, like, man, I feel like, man, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm not breaking through. I, I don't feel the presence of God. I feel like, you know, da, da, da. And, and like Mickey said before, we realized it wasn't us, but it was the spiritual atmosphere. And so we had to shift it. And I remember we spent that whole morning just declaring and, and, we, and declaring that, you know, we weren't stuck. We, we began to shift the atmosphere and we just began to feel free. Like we felt oppression just lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember we were like super excited. And that next day we were going to do a pastor's conference. And so we went, and we spent six hours teaching on purpose, identity, sonship, submission, covering, inheritance. Yeah. Man, it was like our whole DNA, right? We got to share with them all, our whole journey. Basically, we had Living Hope 101, like, for six hours. That's what we got to do. And so we got there, and we just, we just got to establish them. And you could already tell, like, just from that one morning of praying, man, we felt their spirit shift. And, and the hunger, like people there are so hungry for the truth. Yeah. Like the pastors there, they're so hungry. And, yeah. and so even after we got to establish them, I remember um, Pastor Sonny had a moment where she had Pastor David come up. And she said, you know, for all you pastors, uh, most of the pastors that were there, it consisted of um, either people that he was building up to establish, to send out, or people who were already sent out in other churches. And she said, you know, come and um, we're going to establish you in your sonship and covering. And so we got to establish all these pastors in sonship yeah. and in covering and man, we got to see like Living Hope DNA living in Myanmar. It was crazy. It was powerful. Amen. So like, we, like he shared, we visited that church. And the first night we got there, like Mickey preached an awesome word. And then I shared my testimony. It takes a lot for me to, to share in front of a lot of people. So like for them, for them to just like see their face like that, it was like, uh, okay <laughs> and so so yeah that was the first night in this church even like they're really conservative so for like power of god to fall and stuff like that they weren't used to that so uh we had that night and then between like the pastor's conference and then our last sunday there like after that wow how amazing it was when the power of god fell and um people were slain um like 
people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, like all that stuff after like so many things just broke off them. And even like me and Daniel, we traveled to visit another church um, through one of Pastor David's, um, like the people that he's over. And um, we got to, uh, me and Daniel got to visit his church and like um, he preached awesomely on inheritance as well. And then um, I shared my testimony, which was good because there was a lot of young people there Mm -hmm. and the pastor was raising up young people. But um, even as he shared afterwards, he was like, wow, we never heard about inheritance like that before. And even from the pastor's conference, he had took in, like, all these notes. And he was so eager to, like, share it with everybody that he could because he never heard um, what we gave them like that before. So they were able to um, receive it, to to keep it, and then to share it with everybody (coughs) that they could. And then after that, uh, we went to Agape Orphanage, and um, this was in Myanmar. And um, a little background story. Pastor Sun, Huh? I'm sorry. Macedonia Orphanage. But I just felt Agape love in that place. And so in the spirit, it's called Agape, okay? Just recognize. And um, a little history. Uh, Pastor Sunny went to Myanmar about four years ago. And when she saw these kids, like her heart melted. You know how Pastor Sunny loves orphans? Like, she has a special spot in her heart for orphans, and she, her heart melted, and she asked God, is it time now? Like, after she left, she said, can I, can we go back and just adopt them, adopt this orphanage? But for some reason, God said, no, not yet. No, not yet. For four years, like, every year she'd ask, God, what about now? What about this year? And God said, no, not yet, not yet. You know, this time when we came back, we found out right after Pastor Sonny left, um, there's an Australian man that started funding the orphanage, and making sure that these kids were able to eat. Before he came, these kids would struggle to even eat one meal a day. They're living in, like, this really ghetto place. But after this Australian man started funding them, like, they were able to eat more, and they moved to a new location, and they built, like, a glorified treehouse. It looked like a really awesome treehouse when we went. It was fun. And um, after that, um, the Australian man was supporting them for about four years. Then, this year, God told Pastor Sonny, Now, you go to Myanmar and you adopt those orphans. And Pastor Sonny was really excited. We got there. We found out right before we came, around the time when Pastor Sonny heard God say go, we found out the Australian man died. And so all support at that orphanage was cut off at that point. And so it was such a divine appointment that God said, now is the time. We had no idea. We just thought God was saying, don't go yet. But God had a strategic plan for us to go at that opportune moment. And so we went, and we had an awesome time there. You know, um, right now, um, they have a water pump built in the, the ground, that area. But the thing is, they need electricity to draw the water out. And so they didn't have enough money um, to draw the, uh, the water out with electricity. And so when we went, we gave them 200 bucks. Say, hey, this is for a couple months. You can uh, use this to get buy the electricity so you could draw fresh water out of that pump. And it's cool because the Australian man, he, like, laid the foundation. He got the pump built, brought them to that location. And we're, like, in our Solomonic era, and we're building upon that foundation. And it's cool because now we have, we've given them the electricity to draw out that fresh water. In addition to that, we gave them 800 more U.S. dollars so they could build a quarters for the, uh, the boys, right? Because right now the boys and girls are living in that one treehouse together. And so it was just so divine that God called us to go at this moment. Yeah. And when we went, we were able to see the fruit right away, get that water pump going, and build that new place. And it was amazing. Yeah. 
So I, I, wanted, to sh- I wanted to share with you uh, one story about that orphanage. And so, so the director of that orphanage, she had met Pastor Sonny the first time Pastor Sonny came. And so she was actually at the director or the pastor's conference. And so she said that that was a Saturday. So she said that Saturday she had this crazy headache. And the crazy headache was coming from all these lies. She said there were like all these lies of the enemy just like speaking to her. And she said at the pastor's conference, um, God just silenced all of those lies. And um, she even saw a vision. Um, and then her headache went away. And all the lies just went away. And so she was so excited. And, and you know, because of that, she, her heart began to be stirred up. And her faith got stirred up. And she has a friend um, that lives with her at the orphanage. And, and this friend... She's been praying for this friend for over 20 years for salvation. And um, so we came um, the next day on Sunday after church, and we had a little service with the kids. And we had a service um, with all the kids, and then we invited the neighbors in that area, and we asked them to come so we could do a little service. And um, after the service, uh, we wanted to pray. So this whole time, the director, she's like, like frantically, like, let's pray for now, let's pray for now, let's pray for now. You know, like, she's like, this, like she really wants to pray. Because she's like, today, like, she's going to get saved today. I, I feel it. She's going to get saved today. And um, so afterwards, we find out that her friend actually, um, she, her friend had, uh, like, something in her stomach. Like, something was wrong with her stomach. So she needed to go have surgery in two days. And we're like, no, she's not going to have surgery. We're going to pray for healing today. She's going to be healed today, right? So after the service, we get up and we start praying for her. We're, we're like, Mickey's, like, leading the prayer. We're praying for her. And then suddenly in the middle, um, Pastor is like, no, I feel like we need to pray for salvation. And so um, the novice uh, begins to lead all the people um, a prayer of salvation. And she's like, she invites people, you know, do you want to receive Jesus into your life? And a few people raise their hands. And so a few people, like the neighbors, they receive Jesus into the heart. But the person, her name is Thinwin. Um, this person didn't receive Jesus. They didn't publicly, um, you know, declare that they wanted Jesus. And then Pastor Sonny, like, comes up to this person. She says, Thinwin, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like you have known jesus for a long time you've known who he was and i feel like um you've always known that you're gonna receive jesus into your life but you never you never accepted him you always said tomorrow later later but i i feel like it's today today is the day now you're gonna receive him now and she looked at his arm at her arms and she sees these white string things and she's like what is that and then um then when explains something to uh the director and then she says oh it's witchcraft and so Pastor Sonny's like, all right, you know, right when I looked at you, my eyes were turned to that. So we're going to break off that witchcraft bracelet, and we're going to pray right now. And so we broke off the witchcraft bracelet, and then Pastor Sonny said, you're going to receive right now. So the thing about this, this person is that it's a woman, but she's been living as a man for 51 years. And Pastor Sonny says, you know what, you feel like you, you feel guilty, you feel condemned, you feel judged by everyone around you. But you know what, Jesus doesn't condemn you. Jesus doesn't judge you. There's no judgment, but Jesus loves you. He just loves you, and all he has is love for you. Will you receive Jesus today? Will you receive Jesus today? And she finally said, yes, I'll receive Jesus today. And so she received Jesus that day. After 20-something years of the director praying for her friend, she finally received Jesus. And after that, we prayed for her stomach, and, dude, she was healed. And so she didn't have to go two days later for surgery or anything, but she received Jesus into her heart, and she was completely set free from any illness. So, man, it was powerful. Didn't the team do amazing? (laughs) You know, I told you on Sunday that this trip was historical. And I told you that today I will tell you why it was. Two reasons why it was an historic mission trip. Number one, because 
of this mission trip, I, your missions pastor, is retiring. I'm going to retire, guys. I'm going to retire as your missions pastor. And some of you are like, oh, great. Some of you, you look confused. Let me tell you why. You know, last year, God spoke to Benjamin and I that this year, 2012, is a year of destiny for our sons and daughters. Nice. Yeah. And we told you that. Remember? And we told you to walk in it. And then in March, when we went to Indonesia, God revealed to us that our ceiling is to be the ground level for our sons and daughters. So we told you never to say, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like you. No, you're already like us. You're supposed to go higher. And then in this trip, the Lord spoke to me and said, if you remain in your position, your ceiling will always be your sons and daughters' ceiling. Because they would always have to look up to you and live up to your ceiling. But it's time for you to step aside. And when you step aside, your sons and daughters will take your ceiling as a ground floor and even take your ministry to a next level where you won't even be able to take it to. And God showed us that Mickey... Cho is supposed to be your next missions pastor. And what allowed me to be able to say, okay, Lord, not just in theory, not just in my head, but in actuality, I will retire. It is because I got to see Mickey and then Ravi and all these team members. You know, I, I probably led first day. First day I led. From second day, I would say, Mickey, go do this. Nanravi, now do this. And sometimes I would just step outside of the room because I felt like if I remain in the room, they would still depend on my anointing or depend on my leadership. And I would just disappear. And they would just, just they were just amazing. Amen. And then after a while, I won't even say anything. They look at me. <laughs> And they just did it. It was so powerful. And over and over again, God says, Sonny, when you step aside, your sons and daughters will take Living Hope, will take missions department higher than you. Time to step aside. So it was a historical trip where I said, yes, sir. And so... Uh, for next, what, June, July, August, we're going to co-lead together from September 1st. I'm retiring, and he's leading. Hallelujah. Amen? You excited? Yes. <laughs> he's going to do it with more excellence. He's going to take it higher and higher. Amen? Amen? Another reason why this trip was historical, in one of night, I sat down face to face with the director of, how do you say that? Missions? Santipa. Santipa. <laughs> Missions organization. Santipa. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we sat down and we met him four years ago, right before I went to Myanmar in Hong Kong, where Benjamin and I, we did a uh, uh, missions seminar conference in Singapore. 
And we met him there. And when he found out that I was going to Myanmar, he, he persuaded me to stop by Thailand. And I got to uh, stay for two days and I got to minister to the long-term missionary that is, is there. And I, when I came back, I like held down Albertine and some of her intercessors. Like, we got to pray for them. These are single women by themselves. One, not two by two, just one-on-one -on -one going to unreached villages by themselves. They would go... No Christians. They don't know anybody. They get to the village. They look for a room to rent. And they just sit in the room in the beginning. Not knowing what to do. Just cry and pray. Feeling lonely. Feeling scared. And those missionaries held my hand. With tears coming down. We're so lonely. We're so lonely. We, so, we feel so alone. And I remember just praying over them and praying over them. Well, sitting down with them, with this pastor, this missionary, our hearts started to just connect. And our his vision just flowing out of his mouth. And my vision just flowing out. And at the end of it, it was so divine that, you know, we've been... Uh, trading up long-term missionaries here. Albertine, Maura, David, Nunravi, Karina, Mikhail Allen. We have all these people who's ready to go long-term. But for some reason, we weren't able to actually send them out. You know? After that conversation with this director, it was totally divine. And what came out of it was where God, what God was showing us was that it is Thailand. That's the open door to long term. Because it's already set up there. He already has a training center, missions organization that he built up. There's already a language school that, that we could send our people to for a few months when they get there. You know, he's done this for 20-something years. 20-something years ago, you know, people were trying to kill him and he, got, he had to run away. And he got kicked out of Thailand. He ch went to Korea, changed his name, went back to Thailand. <laughs> and you know what he said? He said, you could use this building anytime. You could use, what, even if you're not ministering in Thailand, to get to Southeast Asia, Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, uh, Myanmar. You got to go through Thailand. Even if it's a couple of days, you're welcome. This is your home. And out of it, we've decided. Well, I told him I had to talk to Benjamin, but I knew he was going to agree. <laughs> and of course, we had to talk to our long-term missionaries, but I knew they would submit. <laughs> is that we're going to send Albertine as a long-term missionary there. She, we're going to, as a church, adopt an unreached region. Not just a village, region where they've never heard the name Jesus. They don't have a church there. So Albertin's going to go there January in 2013. What? Seven months away. Okay? She's going to go to language school for a few months. Karina is going to go with her for one year because we're sending Karina to Indonesia. But we're going to send her there for one year. Every long-term missionary, we're going to send to Thailand for one year for field training. We don't See, when we send a long-termer, in the beginning, it would cost a lot of money because you have to rent a house, build a house, 
We don't have none of that. We don't have to do any of that. To set up a, a relationship with government to get visas, none of that. It's all done. All done. And Albertine will remain every long-term missionary after we do the training here for two years. We're sending them to Albertine. Albertine's going to train them on the field, send them back, and then I will send them. Or not I, Mickey and Living Hope will send them to different area, different countries. We came back. What was amazing? I share that with Benjamin. Full agreement. Talked to Karina at first. She's like, huh? <laughs> at the end of the conversation, she was so excited. Had a meeting with Albertine while eating lunch. I mean, dinner. Ten minutes later, she comes to me with her eyes red, teary. And she said, Pastor, I don't even have to pray about this. This is God. Can I share? And what she said was the first time she came to Living Hope, we were still meeting at a hotel. She said, I was up talking about Indonesia and Mozambique, and she saw a vision. God showed her a vision of Southeast Asian woman, but the face was her coworker. And she thought, well, Pastor Sun is talking about Indonesia. Maybe my coworkers from Indonesia, maybe God called me to Indonesia. Because she always knew God called her to be a long-term missionary, but don't know where. When she went back to work and asked her coworker, are you from Indonesia? She said, no, I'm from Thailand. Oh, A few years ago, Albertine thought, oh, okay, didn't think of anything. A few years later, God stirs her up for human trafficking, and she starts researching. All she sees is Thailand, 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 Thailand. And her nephew calls her, who's never called her before and after, calls her all of a sudden and tells her that he was in Thailand during the war, bought a 15-year-old girl from a mother, married her, got her pregnant, had a baby with her, but left them all there when he left Thailand. And she, I remember Albertine coming to me a few years ago. I don't, why, why, did, why did you tell me that? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know either at that time when she asked. But when I came back, she said, God's calling me to Thailand. And not only Thailand, Albertine is going to be raising up not only living hope, long-term missionaries, but long-term missionaries are sent there. And my conversation with the director, he is excited to have Albertine, Dr. Albertine, to do, to reach through medical missions and to train the long-term missionaries from other churches. Now, is that historical or what? What's June? July? In seven months, she's going to go. And Karina's going to go. And you know what's amazing? Is just Thailand, not other countries, just Thailand. If you are 50 years or older, you get free long-term visa. As a retirement. How easy is that? I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Okay. Can you give me, what, seven to ten minutes more? Yes. Yeah? I really believe in this new season. We've been talking 
over and over and over again. The old season has ended. The new season has begun. The old level has ended. You're living in a new level. You're living in a new dispensation. The old level ways must end. You cannot live in this new dispensation in your old level thinking patterns, old level ways. And I believe what we experienced in Myanmar and Thailand, God is showing you, every one of you, how to live in this new level. Which is prophetic intercession. Hmm? Let's look at three scriptures really quickly. Galatians 2.20. Just write it down and I'll just read it for you, okay? Galatians 2.20 says what? I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but who? Christ. Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Keep that in mind. Okay? You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. Okay? Acts 21, verses 10 and 11. Just write it down and I'll read it for you. It says, After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way. Everybody say, In this way. The Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. In this way. What prophet Agabus did was prophetic. And what you are to do is supposed to be prophetic. Because your life is not your own. The life that you live, it is Christ that lives in you. Keep that in mind, okay? One more scripture. Isaiah 20 verses 3 through 5. Isaiah 20, starting at verse 3, it says, Then the Lord said, Just as my servant Isaiah has gone stripped and barefoot for three years, as a sign, everybody say, as a sign, and portent against Egypt and Cush, so the king of Assyria will lead away, stripped and barefoot the Egyptian captives and Cushite exiles. As a sign. Just as my servant. As a sign. You know, God loved Isaiah very much. Don't you think? But he called Isaiah to live naked. For how many years? Three years. Was it it stuck in a room where no one could see? He was walking around naked for three years. For three years. And he said, as a sign. As my servant. As a sign. You and I are God's servants, right? You guys are all free. You know that, that, that just because you're not in full-time ministry doesn't mean you're not God's servant. You know that, right? We're over that. We're way over that, right? That's old level stuff, right? We're, we are all full-time ministers of Christ. God called me and Benjamin here. God called some of you in your workplaces. Some of you in your school. Wherever you're at, you are full-time minister. Amen? And God's servants are to be signed. 
I no longer live. The question is, is it Christ that's living in your body or is it you? Hmm? Is it Christ that's living in me or is it me? Would Christ be depressed? Would Christ be discouraged? Answer me. Would Christ be abandoned? Exhausted? Isolated? Stuck? Miserable? Hmm? If you do feel these things, negative things, it's not you. Maybe in the old level, maybe it was you because you walked in flesh. But in this new dispensation, when you feel abandoned, when you feel discouraged, when you feel stuck, when you feel weak, it's not you. It's Christ in you. But Christ would never feel these things. Hmm? Christ, who is in you, wants to use your life to set someone free. Christ in you, Christ who lives in you, wants to use your life to shift the atmosphere. Hmm? To bring breakthrough in the atmosphere. But listen, this is very important, guys. But if you subject yourself to those negative thoughts and negative feelings, you know what you are doing? You are keeping the breakthroughs locked inside of you. The breakthroughs that God wants to release. When you subject yourself to those negative feelings, it is no longer Christ. But you are bearing Christ inside. And it is you trying to come out. And when you come out and you bury Christ, you also bury the breakthroughs. And so when you do feel those negative things, when those thoughts, negative thoughts, comes to your mind, it's not time for you to seek out prayer. It's not time for you to fast and pray for yourself. When you do feel those things, it's time for you to prophesy and declare freedom for those that are under your influence or that are around your surroundings. I no longer live. You know, we love to sing, I surrender all. You know, we, 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 we say, it's, we, we, we sing it, we say it, but a lot of times when we go through hardships, we take back our lives. And it is I. I feel this. I feel that. Yeah. Hmm? And we take it back. And when we take our lives back, we are bearing Christ. Hmm? But Christ lives in me. And we saw this just in Myanmar and in Thailand. Listen. Breakthrough came when we saw our experiences as prophetic. If we didn't see it as prophetic, we didn't walk in breakthrough. You understand? Breakthrough came when we did not And just could not accept what was just good enough. You know, here in America, good enough service. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Good enough conversation with our loved ones. Good enough. Good enough. We accept good enough. But when you go on the mission field, you just cannot accept what is just good enough. You did not 
you know, shed tears and blood trying to raise that $3,000 to get there just to have a good enough time? No, you just can't accept that. We just couldn't. And so even though we had a good time with the Hill Tribe Prize and kids and, and they were so adorable, when we came home, it just was not good enough because we didn't see blind see. Because we didn't see unsaved saved. You understand? It just was not good enough. I remember in Thailand, deep inside, I just didn't feel, it just did not feel right. It was time to go to bed and it's like, ugh, you know that feeling, ugh, no. But, you know, trying to stay encouraged because, you know, we gotta shift, you know, we gotta go for it, you know, yeah. And so, yeah, God is good, huh? And you could tell in each other's team members, God is so good, yeah. Oh, they were so cute. But through that smell, I saw discouragement. Something wasn't, it just was not good enough. And I remember just struggling and praying and praying. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. I said, God, I feel so stuck. I feel like every door supernaturally is being closed and I don't know how to open it. And someone is holding the key. Hmm? At the same time, I felt like there was more to what I was feeling. I don't know. I didn't know how to explain. I was, I was trying to explain it to my team members. And then even they were like, okay. Because at the end of the night, we debrief. We talk about what was your favorite moment. And so everybody shared, oh, when this kid, you know, whatever. And everybody shared, you know. And I said, you know, my highlight of today is something that did not happen. And they're like, what? I said, because I feel like there's more. There's God is doing more than what we are seeing and experiencing. And I'm kind of like, it's like dot, dot, dot. And I'm kind of excited about dot, dot, dot. Because God is doing something. We just, we're just not seeing it. And one day, like, we're going to look back and say, that was dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Even though, I don't, even though I don't know what that is. And, you know, team members like Matt, I think it was Matthew. Pastor Sonny, you can't use that anymore, okay? Like, you could just have that one day. You know? They weren't really buying it. Even though they're trying to shift and say, mm, maybe there's something deeper than what we are hearing. Mm, okay, but, hmm. Huh? God said in the morning as I was praying, He said, Sonny, it's time to expose the lie. What lies? I've already, I've already shown you the lies. Oh, prophetic. And I knew, okay, once he told me it's time to expose the lies, whatever I was feeling, it was words of knowledge from heaven. You understand? When our lives are prophetic, our feelings and our thoughts that do not belong to Jesus are words of knowledge. And, and try it, guys, sometimes. Even when I prayed over Thin Wind or some, some Thailand pastors, I would say, you're feeling this and this and this and this. And they're crying, oh, yeah. How did you know? Uh, 
words of knowledge. How did I receive the words of knowledge? Through what I felt. But I did not receive it as my own. You understand? Your next level anointing is this. Hmm? Expose the lie. Break the power of the lie and declare the truth. And so that morning, I shared that with the team member. And when I shared, everyone, I was feeling this. You know, they were trying to shift. So they were, they were kind of trying to not share what they were feeling because they're shifting, they thought. I said, it's okay. Come on, tell us because we've got to expose the lies. And each one started to, well, I feel far away from God. I feel this. I feel that. Well, those are all lies. These are the lies that people in this region are living with. And we started to break the lies. We started to declare the truth as Mickey shared. And instantly in that morning, we felt lift. Like just breakthrough happened in the atmosphere. And afterwards, when we went, we saw fire come down. That's where that day, that day we saw two miracles. Two miracles. Hunchback and the Buddhist lady. Right? <laughs> Same thing in Myanmar. You know, in the beginning, we're trying so hard to remain, you know, encouraged. It was good. Nikki, you did such a good job. Yeah. Oh, Alicia, you, it was great. Then why weren't the people? <laughs> and once again, we've got to expose the lies. Expose the lie. Break the lie, declare the truth, automatically then, breakthrough happens. Expose the lie, break the power of that lie, declare the truth. You've got to always replace the lie with the truth. Hmm? And breakthrough happens. And the last part, breakthrough, it's not your job, it's God's job. Your job is to expose, declare, break, and declare. You hear me? And even Myanmar, we saw the breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough, once we prophetically interceded, right? The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Everybody say, my life is prophetic. My life is prophetic. You see, faith must be the ingredient in your daily life. Amen. If you do not need faith, even for a moment, you have given up your kingdom place. And you have a choice each day. Each day you have a choice. What will govern and lead you? Feelings that empower unbelief and prolong hmm, the, the breakthrough, inability for breakthrough. You know, feelings like no one is for me. Feelings like uh, I'm going to fail or I don't belong, nobody loves me. You know, those negative feelings. What would you allow to govern your life? The feelings that empower unbelief or faith declarations that empower faith? Hmm? Once you prophetically intercede, the power of unbelief is broken off and the breakthrough is released. In the spiritual realm. There is power to a prophetic declaration. Your experience in this new level, okay, in this new dispensation, your experiences are 
like words of knowledge. You know how you always pray, God. I w- you know I want to be able to say, "Oh, is your name Mickey? Um, are you the only son?" Um, like you know, we want to move powerfully like that through words of knowledge. God is saying, "I'm going to give it to you, but you can't subject yourself to it." Hmm? Your blessings and struggles are both prophetic. A lot of times when we get blessed, we hold on to it. It's mine. But it's prophetic. It's prophetic. When I was barren for eight years, it was prophetic. It wasn't because God didn't love me. When I had Alethea, it was prophetic. It wasn't because I was more special than anybody else. My life is prophetic. And you must make that confession a reality by interceding prophetically daily from now on okay you must stand in the gap it's time to get yourself out and unbury christ that is in you you want to smoothly walk in your new dispensation it's time to prophetically intercede god's calling you every one of you and i You who feel strong, yeah, I'm very prophetic. To you who feel like, I don't have a gift of prophecy. I'm not prophetic at all. It doesn't matter. As a house, as a house, as a house, as one body, God is saying in this new level, your life must be prophetic. Hmm? Stop. Let's stop taking our lives back. When it gets hard, when we are discouraged, when we ask, why, Lord? You remember those times? I used to ask, why? <coughs> I used to ask, don't you love me, God? God, why did you let this happen? I, I used to question God a lot. And during those times, you know what God would say? Sonny, I thought your life is surrendered. I thought your life is mine. I don't owe you any explanation. It's mine. I get to do what I want to do with it. My life is prophetic. Hmm? Breakthrough awaits you as you take this new step in your new level. Your emotions and thoughts are not your own anymore. They become words of knowledge. I want you to stand up right now. And whether you understand this or not, whether you agree with me or not, in your mind, you may, it may be hard for you, but I just declare prophetically, you all got this. I declare in Jesus' name that in this new dispensation, you will live that surrendered life. That, 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 that very confession that you made, that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That will become a reality in this new season. So you will no longer feel abandoned, neglected, discouraged, disillusioned. But you will rise up in each of those moments. And you will stand in the gap. And you will intercede prophetically. Spirit of God. Right now, we will you establish everyone in this room? 
And those that are not here, God, in the spiritual realm, will you establish the sons and daughters, Lord, God, in this new dispensation? God, we are no longer bound. We are no longer, God, shaken here and there by our emotions, God, or the negative thoughts, Lord. But, God, that we will rise up above them all. That we would use even negative feelings and negative thoughts, God, as our weapon to set others free, God. As a weapon to shift the atmosphere, God. As a weapon to bring breakthrough down. Spirit of God. God, many of us are in a difficult situation. God, relationally with our loved ones. Maybe financially, God. Maybe mentally. God, in all these situations, Lord. So many of us, God, we're, we're asking. We're begging for breakthrough. We're asking you to come and rescue us. But you are saying, no, you don't need to be rescued. No, I've already given you all the power and anointed to rise up, sons and daughters. And intercede and prophesy. And set the captives free. So Father, as a body, we stand tonight. And we receive this word, God. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you, as we are praying, that you are empowering us with the ability, God, to arise. To prophetically intercede and declare that we have been seated in the high place with Jesus Christ. That nothing will govern us. No negative thoughts. No negative emotions. No negative situations. But only Christ Jesus will govern us, God. We will reign with you. Prophesy. In the last days, sons and daughters will prophesy. And God is calling you in this season to prophesy. Prophesy. Come on, prophesy. 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 Whatever hardships that you experience, those are words of knowledge. Prophesy. Bring down. Bring down the breakthrough. Prophesy, sons and daughters. Prophesy. Prophesy. You have been anointed by God to prophesy. Father, we thank you. We will walk in victory. And we will obey and we will prophesy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're going to prophesy? Prophesy falling asleep. Prophesy waking up. Prophesy as you walk daily. Amen. 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 God bless you.